Welcome to the Wellspring Church Podcast. We're an international church family who wants to see Jesus' love transform communities. This recording is a sermon from our Sunday service and will take you deeper into the Bible in a real and relevant way. Amen, amen. Good morning, church. Okay, let's try that again. Good morning, church. It's so fine. The second time round, everyone gets a bit more energy, a bit more oomph. Good morning for you guys at home as well. We're so happy that you're here, and we're privileged to have you in the house of the Lord this morning. So good morning. Well, if I say, uh, let's try this. If I say, God is good, what's the response? Okay, see, you guys raised in church. That's how you know. Brilliant. Okay, well, that's true. God is good, and it's a good morning because we get to share the good news, and I get to pray the good news with you guys as well this morning, so that's amazing. And so for some reason, unbeknownst to me, Magdi and the rest of the SLT and Father Tim I thought it was a good idea to put me up on stage and preach for some reason. So, uh, yeah, please help me this morning and encourage me. It's so great to have you guys here. Well, some of you guys are looking and saying, who is this Afro-Caribbean boy? He's very animated, very energetic, okay? And uh, let's break it down. If, if you don't know, let's get to know, okay? So, um, my name is Shagan Shadeep, as Tim shared, okay? And uh, I've been the son of the church for quite a while, okay? Uh, I was baptized when I was 11 years old in that corner over there where the drum kit used to be, Okay? but none other than Reverend David Dodwell himself, okay? And uh, the last 13 years, I've been walking um, with the Lord, and I had some amazing memories, you know, um, encounters with Jesus, and uh, get to share that with uh, believers and followers of Christ. And so now I get to serve the church as a younger man in different ways, you know? Sometimes I'm there by the sound desk, and the cameras in the media trying to sort out issues, and they raise my blood pressure a little bit, <laughs> and I'm just trying to stay 120 over 80, and that's it. And sometimes I'm here, <laughs> you know, I get to have the privilege of welcoming you guys. But one thing that is really on my heart, just a quick little plug, is um, I get to run the Young Adults Ministry. So that's a new initiative um, that the church have brought up, you know, since January, really, that's when it's kicked off. And uh, what it is is that we gather once a month as young adults, okay, and uh, we realize that there's a drop-off point, you know, when... Young adults or children reach the age of 18, they kind of drop off, and there's a bit of a disconnect. And so it was on my heart to really try and reconnect, right, and bring them back in to church, you know? So uh, we had the blessing, or I had the blessing of co-leading that with Shania, who you just heard sing beautifully a few moments ago. And so as we gather, you know, sometimes we do outreach events, and we go out and create memories, and, you know, we laugh, and other times we want to implement the fellowship factor, and we have a bit more intimate time where, you know, we, we pray and we cry, we even sing together, and so we're looking to implement biblical study moving forward as well. But if you're over the age of 18, or you know someone who's over the age of 18, it's about 25, 26, 27, yeah, like, you know, we ain't feel margin on that one yet, but definitely in that bracket, okay? And that's appealing to you, right? You want to grow with people um, who are looking and seeking Christ, okay, in a circle, or even if it isn't appealing to you, okay? Take a risk. You know what I look like now. Come and find me at the end of the service or come and speak to Shania. We'd love to get you involved with resources and how to connect with Christ. And to do that, growing with people at the same time, okay? Brilliant. Okay, so back to the main message, okay? So as Tim mentioned, uh, we're focusing on building the home, yeah? We're building, building the home that where God dwells, hope lives. And so the title of my message, okay, is that we can praise God regardless. We can praise God regardless, yeah? So... I need a bit of interaction from you guys because some of you guys just dorming like this, just looking at me. So, okay, if I say, everyone say amen. Say amen. amen. That's real easy. If there's anything that you agree with me, just say amen, yeah? Okay, let's try this one. I want everyone to turn to your neighbor and say, mmm, say, mmm, like I said something interesting. Mmm, mmm. Didn't he say it? I heard him say it. 
if you're if you're at home, just type mmm in the comment, yeah? The M M M M M, okay? All right, brilliant. So yeah, I mean you guys can say anything you want to, but if you feel encouraged, you can use any of those as a default, okay? So um, and let's take it a bit more of a negative turn now. We said so many reasons and we sung why we praise God and who he is. I'm going to ask all of you guys a question, and it's rhetorical, so I don't need to know the answer, and for those at home as well. What would stop you praising God this morning? Okay, just keep in your head. What would stop you praising God? Okay, now I want you to reflect on that answer, wherever it is, and as we go through today's talk, we're going to come back to that, but that's between you and God. What would stop you praising God? Okay. I have a few answers myself, you know. Um, I had some fam personal family uh, trauma and struggles. I had some health scares from loved ones, okay. It's hard to praise God in those moments when those things are happening, okay. And everyone has an answer. And I'm not sharing with you, as much as I'm talking to you this morning, I'm talking to myself, okay. Is that all right? Yeah. Everyone say amen. amen. Look how we're practicing. That's great. Fantastic. Okay. Well, we, we can praise him regardless. And sometimes it's hard to do that. We have to sacrifice how we feel what we think, it might not be right or correct, or it's not logical to praise God right now. It doesn't make no sense to do that. Okay. Or you sacrifice that to praise God. Uh, so I want to unpack sacrifice a little bit. Sacrifice, what is sacrifice? Okay, well, sacrifice, that term emphasizes biblically, okay, something of value that is brought near to God, okay? We're in the Garden of Eden, right? We're next to God, we're walking side by side with God, okay? And then we got kicked out, we fell into sin, right? And we had to provide a sacrifice to get close to God to atone. That's how we could connect. And then Jesus himself was the one true sacrifice that came down and shed his blood for us, that we'd be connected with the Father, okay? And we have that now, okay? And so, going back to the Old Testament, something of value. You are all of value to God, okay? And he loves it when you bring himself close to him, okay? You sacrifice whatever it is that's holding you back, the strongholds of life, those blockages, okay? When you leave those things at the Father, you say, God, here I am, okay? You sacrifice those things. Well, by the sacrifice of Jesus, we can bring all of what we are and everything that we have in us, and we can lay it down at the feet of the Father, amen? Everyone say, mmm, say, mmm, there you go, okay. Well, that's the expression of humility and submission, okay? I mean, you sacrifice those things, what you're feeling, what you may think or feel, what others may tell you, what is right in the moment, you let go of those things. That's the sacrifice that wants us to, God wants us to have. And that's why we can praise him regardless, okay? And uh, I'm going to read Hebrews 10. It's not going to come on the screen, but I'll read it out to you. It's Hebrews 10, verse 10, okay? I'm reading from the New International Version, okay? It says, and by that will, God's will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. That's the reason why you sacrifice how you feel and think and all the things that you have in you. You leave those things to the Father. That's the reason why, okay? Jesus has made you holy this morning. Think it for a moment, okay? Your nature, your value, right? We are sinners. But Jesus has made you holy through his sacrifice, okay? He is deserving of our sacrifice. He is deserving of our praise. We can praise him regardless. Can I hear an amen? amen. We can praise him regardless, okay? And so I want you to turn with me now, if you have your Bibles with you on your phone, turn your Bibles on, or if you have your Bibles, turn the pages to Romans chapter 11. We're going to look right at the bottom of Romans. 
Again, I'm reading from the NRV, that's the New International Version. And we're just going to unpack this a little bit about the importance of sacrifice and why I'm saying it so much, okay? Romans 11. Romans 11, verse 36 says, For from him and through him and for him are all things. Let's read that together, church, again. For from him... And through him and for him are all things. Amen. To him be the glory. To him be the glory. For from him and through him and for him are all things. Everything. Everything you feel or think. Everything that's happening for you. That is for God. To him be the glory forever. Forever is a long time. Amen. Let's move on to chapter 12 verse 1. It says, therefore I urge you. Brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Can we all say amen? See, that is so important. He says, therefore, I urge you. He wants us to get, he says, church, listen, focus on this bit here. Don't miss what I'm trying to say to you. Focus on this bit. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters. Let's look at who he's addressing. He says, brothers and sisters, okay? That's collective. That is collective. He's writing to a group of people, okay? And we sing all the time, our God. It's my God, but it's our God. When we come to praise together, there's something powerful there, amen? There's something powerful going on. He's writing, therefore, brothers and sisters, because he knows that there's something powerful about collective praise and collective sacrifice, Yeah? Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies, again, not body, bodies, we got again, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. See, we know what that means because we just read Hebrews 10, verse 10, and it said that we've been made holy through Christ's one true sacrifice, once and for all. And that's the right thing to do. Okay, so that's sacrifice, yeah, okay? We've got praise and we've got sacrifice, all right? So I left, I left sacrifice for you guys, and we're now going to move on to praise, okay? Now, praise um, in the Old Testament, it means to boast or to celebrate, okay? Can I have the word cloud up before that we, that we thank you? So there's many different reasons of why we praise God, and this one among my favorite, you know, he's the God of the impossible, He's merciful. There's some other ones. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's omniscient. He's all-loving. He is trustworthy. He is faithful to you through it all. These are so many reasons why we can praise God this morning. Okay? We can praise him regardless. I want to answer by the end of the day, my mission is that that question I asked you when you first sat down, the answer to it is that we can praise him regardless. We can. Praise him regardless. Can I hear an amen? amen? Okay. So his attributes that he is holy, he's love, he's merciful, he's graceful, he's justice, he is worthy. Now I want you to look at the other side now, okay? And why it's so important that to sacrifice how you feel or think or what's happening in your life when you praise God, how this makes God feel, okay? Praise makes the heart of God sing. It touches his heart when he sees it. It resonates with the Father on a deeper level. He says, "Are oh, my children. How they praise me this morning, okay? 
They let go of the things of the world and all their attachments and they come and they praise God. Yeah? It's an act of obedience. See, the scriptures tell us that praise him for he is worthy to be praised. When you praise God, you are being obedient to God. All of you were obedient this morning. You all sang, as Shania led you. You were being obedient to God. You came in humility and submission. And that is making God pleased with you. He's happy that we've done that. But what he's more happy about is that we've done that together. As a church, as a family, as a body of Christ. Can we hear an amen? amen. As a body of Christ, we've come together as brothers and sisters. That's so powerful. That is so powerful. So I want you to turn in your Bibles to Psalm 150. Okay, we've had different whispers of it. And we're going to really read the type of praise that God deserves. We kind of displayed it this morning already. And I want to outline here the value of that praise, and it makes sense why the Father smiles, okay? So just a quick thing, church. When it says praise him, we're going to say that together as brothers and sisters. Whenever the text says praise and him together, we're going to say that out loud. Is that all right? Is that all right? Okay. So let's read on from verse 1. Praise the Lord. Praise God. In his sanctuary. Here we go. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and the pipe. Praise him with the clash of the cymbals, praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's just praise God for just for a moment. Let's just praise God. That's the praise he wants. That's the praise he's deserving of. That praise. That's the praise, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, praise is not just something that we do in church, in terms of worship, or, but it's a lifestyle of honoring God in all aspects of our lives. And it's more powerful when we do it together, okay? I really want you to get that factor in there. No wonder the scriptures say that when two or three gather in my name, that I'm there. There's something about us coming together, that togetherness is really important. Don't miss that, okay? Yes, okay, you know, it's possible to have church and, you know, walk with Christ in solitude. But when we come together and we praise God as one body, it's so powerful. It opens the windows of heaven. It really, really does. Okay? So we can praise him regardless. Okay? Praise is also spiritual. It's very spiritual. Okay? Um, Tim, Tim. I'm not sure if Tim's doing it nowadays, but Tim used to be a fitness fanatic just like I am. Tim used to run long distances. How, how long were you running? Four or five Ks? How far is it? Seven, seven, K, seven, seven Ks. Okay. He ran seven Ks, a very long distance. And he'd run it at like 4 a.m. in the morning or 5 a.m. in the morning. It makes no sense why he'd do that, yeah? Okay. He did run it. He really did do that, okay? And so a few years ago in my youth, I asked past Tim. I said, Tim, why are you, why are you running? Why are you running this long distance? What is that? And he said, Shagan. <laughs> he didn't say it like that, but, but he said it like, you know. But he addressed me. He said, Shagan is spiritual. He said it's spiritual, okay? We can all agree that's something that's hard to do, amen? That's hard to do. Put your hand up if you can run 7K at 5 in the morning. Raise your hand up. No one. 
<laughs> Nobody. Raise your hand at home, I can't see it. But <laughs> that is something that's really difficult to do, but because Tim has the spirit of God with him, he's able to do difficult things. Difficult things, things that are hard, that is un- unearthly, but it's godly. Okay, And I want to link that, as we're going to read on later on in the, in the book of Acts, but I just want to get that, why it's spiritual and how the Spirit can help you praise God. Okay, See, when it's hard to praise God, and it makes no sense to praise God, okay, when you've got a family issue, or a broken home, or financial worries, okay, trauma, okay, it makes no sense to praise God, and therefore it would make it hard for you to praise God in that moment. Or you can praise him because it's spiritual, because the spirit will be in you with you when you praise God, okay? Rely on the spirit to give you strength to praise God. And we're going to look at why that's so important, okay? So I want you to turn with me to the book of Acts. Uh, Again, same version, Acts 16. I'm going to go to the book of Acts, chapter 16, and we're going to read on from verse 16. Acts 16, verse 16. And for those of you at home, it's going to come up on the screen, and those in the room, you can read it behind me. But Acts 16, chapter 16, verse 16, okay? All right, see, Luke, he's writing to us, and there's something really key here when he's writing, and so I want you to pay attention as I read along. Verse 16, once, when we're going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. Verse 19, when her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet with stocks. Okay, let's stop it there for a moment. And we're going to unpack that, okay? Paul and Silas, you know, that here, you know, they're doing the Lord's work, okay? And doing the Lord's work, they rebuke a spirit out of a woman, okay? And their reward is prison. Let's walk on how they get there. Okay, so these men are extorting this slave, this woman that's in bondage, okay, that they're making money off her because they lose access to their money, They take Paul and Silas together and they drag them against their will to the officials of the day. That's a scary thing, okay? It's a scary thing. They're told that they're disturbing the peace, okay? And as they're told this, they're then stripped of their clothes. 
they're naked. Then they're beaten severely. They're flogged. The flog means that you're, you're broken, broken bones. You have lacerations and lesions all over your body. You're dripping in blood, okay? You could be concussed. It's very dramatic. The public joining on the attack. We don't know how long they were beaten for. We can try to gauge how hard they've been beaten. But we know that it's very deep. In the public square, in the center of the city, they're now embarrassed because you have no clothes. I'm just trying to set the image for you. Okay. It's, not, it's, it's not a happy moment. From this, they're taken to prison. The jailer is told to keep a careful eye on them. Watch them carefully, the scripture says. Watch them more than all the other prisoners. The jailer hears this. He says, I will take them into the inner cell. I'll give you a bit of background. The inner cell in biblical times, it was a place called the Agora. It's the closest thing to solitary confinement that we have. It's biblical times. There's no water or electricity. There's no people coming to see if you're okay. There's none of that. The Agora was a place hidden in darkness. There was no light, not even natural light. There's no light going in there, no candlelight. The scripture says that they fastened them their feet with stocks. Stocks are something where you sit down and you're immobile. You cannot move. The maintenance of the prison is not nice. It's very filthy. There's an aroma. There's rats running around. It's dark. So you feel something like, what's that? What's that? <laughs> On my feet. You can't see what's around you. Many noises you're hearing, but you're alone in isolation. What if you have to go to the toilet? You can't go. You relieve yourself on yourself. And you sit in your own excrement. For how long? No one's going to come and help you clean and wipe it up. So I'm just trying to set the image and the scene for you, okay? A few moments, or a few hours ago, I should say, they were walking in broad daylight, happy, doing the Lord's work. And the reward is, a few hours later, they're put into the Agora. It's a dark place. Moving on, Acts, uh, verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas, <laughs> this bit gets me, were praying and singing hymns to God. Made no sense. And the, <laughs> and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. In the, ain't, right, ain't that right? At once, all the prison doors flew open. And everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew a sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. We are all here. Verse 29, the jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your whole household. Amen. Then they spoke the word of God to him and all others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately, he and all his household were baptized 
the jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his whole household. Can we put a praise of God right now? Just praise him just for that story right there. Okay, so it's really significant. This is the hot point. I don't want you to miss this part, okay? So they are in prison in the Agora, suffering naked in darkness, the roar of this aroma, the, the smell, the excrement, lacerations and cuts and bruises, and it's not a nice place. And <laughs> they begin singing hymns to God. That don't make no sense. That does not make no sense. It's illogical. Think about it. If that was happening to you, would you go, this is a great time to praise Jesus right now. It doesn't happen that way. One of them would have to encourage the other. Should we, should we, should we pray? Maybe it was Paul. Maybe Paul said, should we start? Should we start praising God? And Silas go, all right, okay. We should lift this. We're here already. You know, Paul says, let's do that. And he encourages Silas, or Silas encourages Paul. And so they both, in agreement, begin to praise the living God. They praise God, and they start singing in hymns of passion. And the scripture says that they begin singing so loud that they start ministering to all the other prisoners in the prison, okay? They're listening. Now, oh, this is great. What is this? Yeah. And they start listening to Paul and Silas as they minister and praise God in a situation that doesn't really make sense on why you'd praise God in the first place. Something powerful happens now. The hand of God comes down and breaks the prison doors and breaks their chains. Praising God can bring your freedom. Praising God can bring your freedom. It can shatter the chains. But it doesn't make sense. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't praise God and say, yeah, this is, the, this is the answer for our freedom. They praise God regardless. Imagine if you praise God regardless. You're not looking for God to do anything, but you praise him and their reward is their freedom. Well, let's read on. It also says not only were their stocks and prison doors broken, all the other prisoners' stocks and doors became loose as well. That your praise can impact people that are with you, that are next to you. When you go to your workplace in your spheres of influence, okay, for you those at home, that you can impact the people that are in your environment. Without meaning to, without intention. Moreover, they were ministering and singing hymns, and the prisoners had their freedom. This is the most important part. They stayed. The jailer thought all the prisoners left. He said, Paul said, No, we are all here. We are all here. Not just me and Silas, but all the other prisoners. They stayed to hear the praises of God. They stay to listen to the hymns. What prisoner you know? <laughs> the door got open. And they just like, yeah, I'm chilling. I'm here. I'm set. What prisoner you know? No, something powerful was happening here in this story. Yeah. That the presence of God was in that place. Yes. That people that don't know God decide to stay. I want a part of this. This is attractive. This is appealing to me. The prisoners stayed to hear Paul and Silas minister, and they just sat in the presence of God, all of them. It's so powerful. You see why I'm speaking about collective praise? You see why I'm talking about collective sacrifice? That when we do things together, it's powerful? Yeah? Well, it's more than a story that, you know, Paul and Silas got a free shower and a free meal. It's deeper than that. That jailer 
and his whole household, the the household that wasn't with the jailer at all, they're in their homes, but they came to know Jesus Christ. Could I unction you that your praise would bring people to Jesus Christ? That's a powerful thing. No, our praise could bring people to Jesus Christ. That's powerful. Can I hear an amen? amen? Hallelujah. We can praise him regardless. We can praise him regardless. Now, we don't praise God to get anything out of it, but I'm just trying to unction you that your praise or our praise is powerful and that powerful things can happen, that you can attain keys to your freedom, that you can minister to people, that you can impact the hearts of others around you. It's amazing. That's brilliant. That's such a good thing. The significance of Paul's story is the sacrifice specifically. I spoke about sacrifice in the beginning of this talk, that it's hard to praise God, but the Spirit was there and gave them strength to do it. It doesn't make sense to praise God, but we praise him regardless. We've been beaten and hurt, and we have no clothes on, but we praise him regardless. We're cold and we can't see what's around us, but we praise him regardless. And that collective element that we do that together is so powerful. This is the best part. The hardest time to praise is the best opportunity. I'll say it again. The hardest time to praise is the best opportunity. When it's illogical and it's not efficacious and it doesn't align with your narratives, but you praise God, that is the best time. You see what God does when you praise him? When it feels like it's not the right moment? I'm going to invite the uh, keys and the worship team to come on the stage as we close. And I'm going to read out to you uh, Psalm 145, verse 13. It's just a small pocket of wisdom, but I wish for all of you to take this home with you guys as you leave this place this morning. It says in Psalm 145, verse 13 in the NIV, it says, Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all that he promises and faithful in all that he does. We praise a God that has an everlasting kingdom. We praise a God that endures through all generations. We praise a God that is trustworthy in all he promises. And we praise a God that is faithful in everything that he does. Every single thing. I invite you all to stand, church. Because my heart for you is that you would praise God no matter how you feel or think or what you know, regardless of your reservations, so that you would experience the will of God for your life. That's my heart for you, okay? I want you to experience the will of God, and we can when we praise him. The core of praise is about trusting and proclaiming who God is and what he has done for you. And as we sing, I want you to tap into a deeper dimension of what you know about God. 
See, God is reintroducing his attributes to you. Whatever you feel or think about him, he's reintroducing his attributes to you. And he's tapping into a deeper level. He's trying to expand and show you who he is. And then these songs that we're going to sing in just a moment, really focus on the lyricism of that. Open your heart to God and let him show you who he is, why he's worthy of your praise, and why he's worthy of our sacrifice, God. God is faithful, God is just, God is savior. And so I asked you a question when we all sat down and I said, what would stop you praising God? And most people have an answer. My answer to your answer is that we can praise God regardless. We can praise God regardless. For those in the room and those at home, you may not know Jesus personally or you've been walking with the Lord most recently. And I want to give you an offering, an invitation to come into the family, to know this amazing Lord and Savior personally, the one that we praise and we've been praising all morning with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you don't know Jesus personally, you want to give your life to Christ today. Just whisper under your breath, Lord, I give you my heart. No one's looking, no one knows, but just whisper, God, I give you my heart. And I'm going to extend a prayer. Let's pray this together, church, as a body. After me, dear Jesus... I come to you today and acknowledge that I am in need of your forgiveness. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and rose again from the dead. I ask you to forgive my sins and come into my heart. As my Lord and Savior, I surrender my life to you. And I ask you to help me live for you from this day on. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by what you've heard. If you'd like to know more about Jesus, Wellspring Church, or how you can grow with others in faith, connect with us by clicking the link in the episode description or by joining us on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. in person and online.